everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Spilling the Tea on GovCon. I'm Teresa Moon, Director of Business Development for Parabolis. We provide a better financial partnership for government contractors that includes a line of credit to fund your growth. The purpose of this podcast is to assist small businesses with success in the federal marketplace by introducing them to industry experts and resources that they may not otherwise know about. Today's guest is Constance Jackson. She's a subject matter expert for all things dealing with acquisition. So I'm sure everyone listening is paying extra attention. Her current role is as an acquisition PMO liaison, but her experience is vast as it pertains to government contracting. I was fortunate enough to connect with her last year through our mutual friend, Guy Timberlake, and I am so proud to have you here to join us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Um, as Teresa mentioned, I'm Constance Jackson. I have been doing acquisitions for the last 10 years and also um, formerly a proposal manager and a contracts manager for government contracts. So I am a full life cycle procurement. So you know it from start to finish. Can you explain a little bit for those who don't know? What is an acquisition PMO liaison? So the government requires um, a lot of documentation prior to releasing an RFP. And my job is to prepare that documentation to work with the cores and the PMs who um, also are working with the buyers to ensure that everything that is needed in the documentation is there, which is then forwarded to the contracting officer and we also have to make sure that the contracting officer is happy and satisfied that we've um, done everything that we were required to do legally and contractually. Awesome. So your attention to detail as a, at a very high level. Absolutely. So that is exactly why we wanted you to be on this program, because I think a lot of what our listenership probably deals with on a day to day as it pertains to winning contract awards is recognizing what details to pay the most attention to based off of the goals of the people that they're submitting that information to. And you are an excellent expert as it pertains to all of the above. So I've got some questions for you that you and I prepared for beforehand. So we're going to jump right in if you don't mind. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So what is a responsible government contractor? A responsible government contractor is a small or large business that is ready to do business. You have tried to learn what you can about how the government does business. You are financially prepared. You are um, physically uh, prepared if you have to do some type of labor. You are able to source the right talent, um, supplies, or services to do business with the government. Awesome. So it is making sure that you have all your credentials in line in order to prove your ability to perform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And what are some specifics that um, I was reading something that you've posted recently and we were chatting about it beforehand. Past performance is a huge factor in all of these things. Um, when it pertains to being responsible in that capacity as well, what are some things that our contractors need to be paying attention to as, in terms of proving their past performance? Uh, the government in general is looking for similar in size, scope, and potentially uh, dollar value. So um, they're looking for recent, also recent and relevant. So they're looking for work that has happened in the last three to five years, 
Obviously, they want references that are going to give you a great or good past performance reference. And this could be commercial as well as government. Um, both are accepted. Um, if you've done $10 million worth of work, obviously your potential for winning a $10 million contract with the government is there. If you've only done $500,000 worth of work, you probably should not pursue a $10 million contract with the government. And they're looking for the same scope. They are looking for work that is very similar and you should be able to prove to them that you can be successful as a partner. That's awesome. You know, we had a conversation with Gloria Larkin last week and she was chatting with us about how commercial work is applicable to government contracting and work and that you should utilize your past performance in your commercial uh, business dealings to prove your ability to perform same or similar um, proficiencies within government contracting. And you've just validated that for us again. So we love the connections from from conversation to conversation. So that's wonderful. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, let's move on to, a, to the next one. What's the first thing that a contractor should do after winning a contract award? The first thing that you should do is go through the award with a fine tooth comb. Uh, contract specialists, contracting officers, they are professional, but we are all capable of making a mistake. So you need to make sure that before you sign on the dotted line, that what you propose to the government is what is in your document. You need to make sure the contract value uh, matches the um, contract funding, the scope of work, the period of performance, um, labor categories, all of those things, any deliverables that are due, all of those things need to be reviewed. It is wise to have more than one person. If um, you know, you're a single business, um, whoever you deal with in, in terms of a team, have them review. And if you have a project manager or a finance person, all of those people need to review the contract award to ensure that what you're signing up for is what you actually proposed. Awesome. And so th that can be, you know, extensive. So definitely having a team around you that can assist on a, um, not only having an extra set of eyes on it for you to make sure you don't miss anything, but being confident that you can go back to the contracting officer and say, hey, these things aren't matching up. That's Absolutely. okay to do that. Absolutely. You need to reach out to the contracting officer. The first thing that I would do is uh, make a phone call, but I would always follow up in writing to say, you know, this is not what we agreed to. You can always ask questions. You need to protect yourself at all times and do not sign off on anything before everything is worked out in writing. And I think a lot of people, they think, oh, that, that sounds like common sense. But when you get excited and you win a contract award and you finish jumping up and down and calling everyone you know to tell them that you finally got one, <laughs> you yes. need to sit down and read the fine print. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I think it's important for people to understand that they are able to reach out. I think there is a common misunderstanding that you're not able to communicate past a certain time. But questions like this are important. Like you said, you're your own best advocate as it pertains to signing off on things that were agreed to. So that's that's good information there. Absolutely. And the government does not want you to sign off on something that is incorrect. They want it to, they, they want a partnership. That's what dealing with government contracts is, it's a partnership. And they want to have businesses win just like they want to win. They want you to do a great job for them and they want you to um, make sure that, you know, you get paid on time and that, you know, everything that was promised happens. So. 
Excellent. So there's good information right there as well that I think a lot of people might not have known prior to hearing this. So I appreciate that very much. Um, all right. So let's look at um, what is the government looking for in a proposal response for a competitive award? First and foremost, and I cannot say this enough because this really is a deal breaker, compliance. You have to make sure that you give them exactly what they ask for. Mm -hmm. If they ask you to uh, send in a document with your cage code, whoever's responsible for signing off um, for your organization or that can legally bind them in terms of a contract, um, that person's name and signature, all of that information, while it may not seem important, has to be there. The government and the contracting officer has the authority to disqualify you for not including your cage code. Many probably would not do that, but they have the ability to do that. It's you know well within their rights, um, especially if they get 20 or 30 proposals to disqualify you because you are non-compliant. So given the government everything and exactly what they ask for in their your response is the most important thing. So following instructions, just like in kindergarten. Following instructions to the letter. Right. Yes. I, I think some people try to get flashy and separate themselves and sometimes thinking too far outside the box can get them in trouble, right? Absolutely. And no one, I've sat through many source elections, no one is looking for flashy. They are looking for the company that can do what they need you to do. And that is what your proposal needs to state. Uh, the second thing, too, while we're talking is, is pricing. I've seen mistakes with billion-dollar proposals. And you would think companies that are at that level, who have had 40 people look at the proposal before it's sent out, that they don't make mistakes, but they do. So mm -hmm. having your pricing, you know, the math, ensuring that the math makes sense is probably those two things, compliance and the uh, pricing, those are the two biggest mistakes that I've seen small and large businesses make when it comes to proposal submission. So when mistakes like that are evident, what happens to those proposals? Well, you can again be disqualified for your math mistake. In the instance where we um, were dealing with a multi-billion dollar proposal, there were only two um, offerers and they both made mistakes. So we had to give them the opportunity to make the corrections so we could you know, make an award. So you do go back to that offer and say you've had yes, errors. Yes, it's at the contractor's discretion in mm -hmm. any case, whether you know we could have just you know, resent the whole RFP back out and started from scratch, or you can give the offer an opportunity to um, make corrections as long as everybody has the same opportunity. Right. So there is a lot of not so much liberty, but there's a lot of wiggle room for the contracting officer to decide which way they're going to go in instances like this. Because for that particular example, they could have put that back out, like you said, and it could have opened the door for someone Absolutely. who didn't bid the first time. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So there's a lot to be said for being on time with your responses, being accurate in the way that, that you've been asked to respond and going through upon award with a fine tooth comb, all great information in terms of being on target for giving the government what they want. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of businesses get intimidated at first. And, and so it's, it's conversations like these that shed light on things that, uh, you know, tenured government contractors already know stuff like this. And even though they make mistakes from time to time, this type, this part of the process really is something that they understand at a deeper level. And I think it's important for the newer contractors to really understand the ins and outs of it as it pertains to these types of issues so that they are providing the government with what they want and giving themselves a fair shot at actually being able to win these awards that they're going after. Absolutely. The, the government wants everybody to have a fair shot. They want to bring in new business, new small business. That's where the jobs are generated. So they want people to have an opportunity. Awesome. Well, Constance, you know, you are one of the, the people that I lean towards uh, gathering information that I share with my network. And we chatted before we went on today about I follow you on LinkedIn. And the reason that I follow you as readily and as often as I do is because of the information that you share um, in circumstances exactly like this. You're providing information to contractors so that they know what the government's looking for. So we've listed your LinkedIn uh, contact information there and encourage our listenership to connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, so I hope that's okay with you. You might get flooded a little bit with, with people who are watching this right now. But um, I want to encourage everyone because not only does she provide consistent quality information, but it's information that's easily utilized to do better work within government contracting. And so I, I want to uh, give you kudos for, for being one of the few pre people that actually puts out applicable information. You're not just touting whatever the agency is doing that you're participating with. You're not just putting out uh, requests for information or for proposals. You're offering information to this environment and to this ecosystem of small business contractors with information that they need to do better and, and to succeed. And I sincerely appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, I, I feel like, you know, I've been around for 20 plus years, but I still try to be thoughtful about what is it that people can actually use to be successful in this business and providing it in a way that's simple and easily understood. Well, you do just that. So like I said, I'm encouraging everyone to connect with you on LinkedIn um, because you're providing great information. And I, and I encourage everyone to uh, be on the lookout because you put stuff out a lot. And so they can learn a lot if they, if they really want to. It's all accessible there on LinkedIn. And that's wonderful. Um, we always ask our guests that come on with us to share some sage wisdom, uh, tips, tricks, uh, a joke, if you've got it. <laughs> um, I would say, um, especially for small businesses, I feel like I, um, you know, majority of the things that I do write about um, from their perspective is, um, you know, it's targeted towards small businesses because obviously I feel like they need the most guidance and the most help um, is not to give up. You may not, you know, there's been a lot of talk on social media over the last year, year and a half. I've participated in some conversations where people have referred to themselves as government contracting gurus and they have given out incorrect information. So the first thing that I would say is please verify anything that anyone tells you regarding getting into this business. A lot of, oh, you can just make money and um, you don't have to do any work. I've heard that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be responsible. 
the government wants you as a partner, but they expect you to be a responsible partner and, you know, just to do your, your, your part, do your share. So um, don't give up, keep moving forward. And um, the sky's the limit. Well, that's great advice. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, we always refer to government contracting as an evergreen environment for opportunity, um, but you got to be providing some value and be responsible in it as well. So we appreciate that very much. And I thank you so very much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your time and expertise with us. I again encourage everyone to connect with Constance on LinkedIn and follow her posts as she shares amazing information to help you better navigate this industry. If you like what you heard today, we also encourage you to check out our YouTube channel by the same name, where you can find our archives and check out all of our past podcasts. This year ahead, we are committed to continuing to bring you the best thought leaders and experts to assist in making this fiscal year your best yet. And as always, we appreciate you being here. I'm Teresa Moon, and this is Spilling the Tea on GovCon. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah.